Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What follows is a teaser for Season 1 of Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama from the mind of Ray Stacanus. Reclaim Detroit will debut in July 2022 wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter. And now... There's some weirdo Satanist out there or something that you might have heard of? I mean, there are, but this doesn't sound like one of them. This is Detroit, 1996. For a long time... The Savage Sabbath vampires held claim to this area. That is, until four years ago when McMasters and his Camarilla group infiltrated the city, then kicked their asses out. I still can't believe your clan lets you call yourself Tory. There are no rules for us anymore. We are who we want to be. Right now, I want to be Tory. It's a little audacious though, isn't it? Hey, audacious is my middle name. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, is it? Why am I in the back alley of this gin joint? It turns out that the best way to gain knowledge is to invite the city to your secret club and film them the entire time that they're there. Who knew? (laughs) I work for you Camarilla folks too. But you also work for them. It's an underground gothic club for kindred. The lady would prefer tiki torches and Christmas lights. Some loudmouth drunks thought it would be fun to break in my domain and cause trouble tonight. They were wrong. There's something out there. Soaring through space on a return trip home. 
the recently worthy Jane Foster Thor makes planetfall on the east coast of the United States. Weary from her recent adventure, Jane looks forward to a cup of coffee, a Danish, and about 20 straight hours of rest. It is then that a crackle can be heard from the sky and the dark figure of General Zod comes down near her with massive power. I am here to conquer this planet, Zod proclaims. Then I am here to stop you, Jane Foster retorts. And what gives when a Superman meets a god? Well, we're about to find out. It's future Valkyrie versus the next to last Kryptonian. It's Mjolnir versus Drew Zod. It's Jane Foster Thor versus General Zod. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, we put two powerhouses into one insane battle. In one corner, we have Jane Foster Thor, a doctor by day and one of the most powerful beings worthy enough to pick up and use Mjolnir, versus General Zod, a longtime Superman villain, Phantom Zone resident, and survivor of the explosion that took out Krypton. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. And look, I thought this matchup would have been discussed many, many times because, you know, you had Superman fight Thor in a Marvel and DC crossover in the early 2000s. You have all these weird comparisons. But after another extensive search that took me to the depths of Google, Bing, and Baidu, China's most widely used search engine, I think I'm on a list now, I couldn't find anyone, and I'm serious, I couldn't find anyone having discussed this matchup before. So, yet again, who would win brings you a premier matchup never before discussed in geek culture? You're welcome, Legion of Audience. Ray, I gotta find out, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm always a little extra fired up for these Marvel versus DC matchups. You know, the people at home sometimes say, y'all, you do too many Marvel versus DC episodes, and I say, Yes, and that's why we haven't been doing that as much lately. Why? In order to give us a chance to do this one today. First of all, Marvel and DC matchups are like Jello. There's always room for more. Just putting that out there. And people love them. We all know this. But, Ray, I've been hit up with something uh, this past week nonstop. Uh, I I just got to talk about this. I got to clear the air. I got to let the Legion of of Audience know what happened. On top of that, something else happened. Oh, oh besides so that. So okay. I went to Disneyland in Anaheim, California. Lovely oh, place. Yes. Fantastic. I had a great time. Mm, and I went I with the family. Coming. And, you know, uh, you know what's going on. <laughs> I went with the family, and the mission was to, you know, have a great time and enjoy Disneyland, which we all did. That wasn't my mission, though, Race to Canis. My mission was to find one individual and confront them. Confront them like no one's ever confronted them before. That's right. I had to find... Kylo Ren. Winnie the Pooh. I can't stand Kylo Ren. Oh, oh, yeah. Also, this before. also Kylo Ren. Yes, yes. I've mentioned this before. I think in a one-on-one matchup with Kylo Ren having a lightsaber and the full use of the Force, I'd still beat him. I'd still beat him. I'd beat him easily. Anyway, there's a lot of bitterness towards no. Kylo Ren. So, lo and behold, walking through, you know, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land, the whole thing, having a great time. And there's Kylo Ren with two stormtroopers from the First Order. Uh, really, the Third Order, because, you know, there was a clone troopers and then stormtroopers then them and uh i uh distracted my family and said hey look a dollar over there so they all ran over to whatever it was 
I go up to Kylo Ren and he starts going in on me. He's like, what do you think you're doing? My troopers will finish you. So I go up to the troopers and like, hey, you want me to, I'll pay you double if you become my troopers. So like, what? That's right, $2 each. So all of a sudden I take his troopers from him. They're by my side. Kylo Ren's looking at me. And I'm like, hey, we got a problem and we're going to sell this right now. And all of a sudden he says something really weird. He's like, bro, I'm just an actor. I don't know what your problem is. What's the deal? And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's something Kylo Ren would say. That's exactly what Kylo Ren would say. I'm like, take out your lightsaber. He starts pretending to do the force choke on me. He's like, I will take you out in his weird FBI disguise. I'm not liking this guy, Race to Canis. So of course, I'm like, nothing, nothing's happening. So yada, 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 the police are called in. They're hauling me off and they said, listen, we're going to give you a warning. You can never come back to Disneyland. What's your name? And I said, you know what my name is? My name is the name of someone who's going down in history. My name is the name of someone who took a stand against that no good Kylo Ren. My name is Race Decanus. So good news, bad news. Uh, you're not allowed back into Disneyland, but your name is now on a plaque at the front of Disneyland saying, don't let this guy in. All in all, really well worth it. Man, first the post office, now the front uh, area of Disneyland. Finally, mom, you've seen it. I'm getting my name out there. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. We did not come to blows. Nothing. No physical anything happened. I still love Disneyland, even though you're using weird characters that no one really cares about. I just think uh, Disneyland's got to do better. Kyle Ren, this is your first warning and only warning. Next time I see you, we're going to throw it down. Speaking of throwing down. And speaking of someone who's level-headed, I'm already hot because I'm thinking about no good Kylo Ren. It's time to introduce our guest judge making their third appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's the world's premier digital expert. It's the chief executive officer of Wormhole Labs and executive producer of Own Every Word, a new comedy show incorporating NFTs. It's Phil Ranta. Phil, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you for having me. And you also forgot to mention uh, co-star of Ray's new uh, vampire podcast, which is coming out pretty soon. I got he Oh, is that coming out soon, Phil Ranta? Reclaim Detroit, a vampire the masquerade audio drama, uh written by me? Is that is that a, is that a show that's coming out soon that you are a part of? I, if if your social media is to be believed, you are in own every word, my project, and I am in Whoa. Uh, I am in your vampire uh battle drama. It's uh, very so, exciting. Uh, you know, People look forward to seeing uh, Phil Ranta. Well, not seeing, but hearing. Phil Ranta is going to be right there, front and center, episode one. You're going to love yeah, it. Yeah, you are. Phil, you know, I'm just going to ask you what everyone's thinking. What was it like working with Ray Stacanus? Uh Working with Ray Stacanus is kind of like when uh, you've got an attack dog, and you just want them to, like, take out the burglar and have the burglar run away. But then the burglar gets ripped to shreds by the attack dog, and you're like, Wait, no, that's too much. You were just supposed to scare him, not completely murder that. And then you have to do a lot of cleanup and you have to call the cops afterwards. Uh, that's kind of what Ray's performances are like. That it's sounds accurate. great. It's great. Yeah, yeah I mean, I it mean, really yeah, works I've for like, a good heightened performance. Yeah, if you, well, if, okay. if you get a chance on the, uh, the uh, Crypto.com marketplace and you find yourself one of those underpriced Rays in the Own Every Word collection, do yourself a favor. It's not that much. Just drop a couple of bucks. Pick it up for yourself. You'll see what we mean. Now, you know, Phil, you're, you're again, a digital expert. You know so much about geek culture. I got to ask you, know, I've actually been looking forward to this. Would you have done the same thing if you were in my shoes at Galaxy, Galaxy's Edge in Star Wars and uh, Disneyland and you saw Kylo Ren? Would you have confronted him? Would you have backed off? Would you have, like, attacked him with, like, no mercy? What would you have done? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was an improviser for many, many years, performed with Second City, did cruise ship contracts with Second City. In my veins, when I see somebody who's supposed to be in character, I 
take on a character and I go too. So yeah, I think that I would want to play Jedi Hero against Kylo and just see what the back and forth is like. Do a little uh, ratatat and see if they can handle it. Yeah, 100%. I don't think I would get my name on a plaque like Ray getting his credits up on the wall so he can't go to Disneyland again. But like I think I would probably mm. like play along, you know, have some fun. Would you get insulting and kind of be like, "Hey, you know, you're 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 nothing like your grandfather." You know, people are ashamed of you. I may have pushed it a little bit. Or would you just kind of, you know, be humorous about it and kind of uh, have some fun? Yeah, I don't think I would. I think if it was Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, I'd probably go hard. Um, but I feel like with Kylo Ren, yeah. it's like I, I would I would respect the title. I'd respect the position a little bit. I think I probably if, uh-huh. if it became clear that the actor was getting frustrated and letting the, the veil of the character down, I'd probably be like. All right, you're you're getting paid fifteen bucks an hour to do this. I'll, it's hot out. I'll leave you alone. Huh? You're making me rethink what I did. It's uh, hot. Making it's me a big that, uh, it's I a didn't big go mask. hard enough. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, he chose to wear that costume. He didn't have to. So even if it was an actor, that's even worse. Respect He's like, you the know, cape, James. You know, Respect homage. the cape. That's true. Jack in the box hiring at sixteen twenty five an hour. He could be doing that right now. Air conditioning. He could be doing podcasts. Okay, that's fair. All right, listen. We got to get to this episode because we have a – I can't tell you. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait for this episode with Thor, Love and Thunder already out and everyone loving it. I got to say it, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, General Zod's one of my all-time favorites. You know, Neil before Zod is iconic. I say that before every PTA meeting and it goes over not well. I love these characters. We have everything we need for another classic who would win battle. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the hero that doesn't wear a watch, since no matter what the hour is, it's hammer time, Jane Foster Thor. And representing DC Comics, the Kryptonian general who horribly micromanaged his kitchen's potatoes, passersby could keep hearing him shout, peel before Zod, General Zod. I can see him saying that. All right, well done right now. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules for a Who Would Win match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. All right, listen, there's a whole bunch of great versions, really, of General Zod. Uh, what version are you using today, Ray? We're going comic book version look it's marvel versus dc and unless i knew for a fact you were using thor love and thunder jane foster which i guarantee you are not i gotta go to the comic book version of zod this guy can stomp i think that's a great call all right i will be using the video game version i mean the animated i mean i'm actually going the comic book version you can't, mm-hmm. you can't. Of course you are. It's comic book versus comic. You gotta do it. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but we give them less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for, de- for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. Rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com right now, I mean it right now, to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch, t-shirts, mugs, all that kind of good stuff. 
How do you enjoy the Hoodwind show even more? By buying cool Hoodwind merch right now. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of now... 
Let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for General Zod. General Zod is a Kryptonian soldier who was banished to the Phantom Zone for attempting to overthrow the Kryptonian government. Huh. He was created by Robert Bernstein and George Papp and first appeared in Adventure Comics number 283 back in 1961. Realizing that Krypton was doomed and nobody was doing anything about it, Zod created an army of robots to try and take over the planet, but he was ultimately stopped and banished to the Phantom Zone. This worked out for him, however, as Krypton was destroyed and he survived it happening. Later released from his prison by Superman, General Zod came to Earth and immediately decided to conquer it putting him at odds with the Man of Steel. Zod has recently seen a resurgence in comic books since 2006, and also in the movie Man of Steel, which was 2013. Fun fact, speaking of Man of Steel, General Zod is the main villain of that movie, played very well by Michael Shannon. However, there were a couple other actors considered for the role. First off, There Will Be Blood star Daniel Day-Lewis was looked at to steal Superman's milkshake. It's a little weird. And also Lord of the Rings superstar Viggo Mortensen, who would have brought an entirely different dynamic to the role. And no lie, kind of want to see what version uh, that would have looked like, right? Because Viggo Mortensen could have had that kind of noble air about him perhaps a little bit more than Michael Shannon. It just, it just would have been a very different take on the character, and I'd love to just hop over to that multiverse where that's the movie that they made, and I can see it. Anyway, that is General Zod. You know, Viggo Mortensen would have been a really interesting choice because the actor they had, what was his name again? Michael Shannon. He was good. Okay, so Michael Shannon, fantastic actor as well, but he looks like he's permanently angry. Like, all, yeah. 100% all the time angry. Like, he's never going to be betrayed because he always looks like he's betrayed. But Viggo Mortensen would have been, you're right, I think, you know, noble, classy, the whole thing. Like, hey, I have a noble purpose, and now you've destroyed it. Now I've got to turn it on. Yeah, that would have been an interesting choice. Not that... Yeah, um, yeah. Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon, I think he had that kind of singular-focused anger, rage, Very could portray himself very powerfully, but he didn't. I don't think he kind of nailed that general side of things, that sort of leader mm-hmm. of men that General Zod is, and that's where Vigo, I think, could have really gotten it done. But you know, there it is. Aragorn as General Zod, I can see. It. Been, I could totally see been it. Cool. Would have been really cool. Oh, very cool. All right, now here are the important details for Jane Foster Thor. So Jane Foster Thor was created by Stanley and first appeared in Journey into Mystery number eighty four back in September of nineteen sixty two as Jane Foster, and then first appeared officially in the Marvel six one six comic book universe as Jane Foster Thor in Thor number one back in October of two thousand fourteen. Jane Foster was once a nurse and associate of the original Thor, and at one point, one of his romantic interests. As expected of one associated with a Norse god of thunder and avenger, she would live an adventurous and tumultuous life, but that life would run the risk of being cut short once she was diagnosed with cancer. Shortly after, the original Thor would lose the ability to wield Mjolnir. Believing that there must always be a Thor, Jane picked up the hammer, proving herself worthy. Through the the transformation of Thor, purges her body of the necessary chemotherapy needed to fight her cancer and puts her at risk of dying every time she transforms back into a regular human being. She believes the sacrifice, however, is necessary in order to safeguard the Nine Realms, which is kind of now makes complete sense why she was able to pick up Mjolnir. 
And here's an interesting fact about Jane Foster Thor. Did you know that Jane Foster as Thor made her first unofficial appearance back in 1978? It's true. Mm-hmm. In a 1978 comic storyline in of What If, uh, I think it was What If number 10, Jane finds Mjolnir and the godly weapon finds her worthy of using it. In this issue, Jane transforms into the goddess of thunder, deemed the most powerful member of the Avengers. She is somehow called Thordis. I don't know how that works. Thordis. And then she goes on and defeats Mr. Hyde, the radioactive man, and King Cobra on Midgard, otherwise Earth. Then she defends Asgard from Loki, and then later an alien invasion, because, you know, that's what she does. Then for some reason, she hands Mjolnir over to Donald Blake, a.k.a. Thor's alter ego, and, brace yourself, marries Odin. Kind of a weird storyline. And now you have the facts and both opponents. Phil, do you have any questions before we get started? So wait, let's go back to this cancer thing. So wait, what you're saying is... So when she picks up the hammer, the hammer fights the chemotherapy, but does not fight the cancer. No. So what happens is when she, this is so horrible. I don't know why they did why? this. Why? Why it's would interesting they write that? And really That's morbid. horrible. In 2014. So she has cancer, right? Which is yeah. horrible in itself. Right. She and she has chemotherapy treatments to somehow battle it, and we don't even know if it's working or not working. She picks up the hammer and turns into you know Jane Foster Thor. But the problem is the magic is so powerful and invigorates her body that it gets rid of anything bad that's born to the system, which in this case is the chemotherapy. And not the cancer? So that when she transforms back into Jane Foster, it's as if she's never had chemotherapy at all. Yeah, it's it purges so, all the toxins from her body, but it recognizes the cancer is possessing her DNA. And so it sort of leaves it in there and takes out everything else. It's a wild storyline, yeah, I'll jo- say that. Molnir is a jerk, man. That's that's awful. <laughs> hey, but I, I do have a question about Zod, too. Yeah, because I, I didn't know a lot of the backstory. You said he had a robot army and tried to take over. Is that robot army, does that come back in the comics at all? Is he still got a robot army? Uh, it was basically... It was his first set of appearances way back when in, what, the 1960s? That was the original incarnation of General Zod. He he still maintains an ability as sort of an engineer and a mm. guy who can kind of create devices with Kryptonian uh, stuff, but he doesn't create robot armies outside, that, I, that at least I saw, outside of that early appearance. That's not really who he is anymore. Yeah, uh, I was gonna, I've he, never he seen him with a lot robot armies, so I thought that was yeah. weird. It, it was honestly, and the weirdest part is the robots looked like Bizarro. That was what was really ultimately very weird about it. Interesting. All right, no more questions from me. I'm ready to get into it. All right, Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for General Zod. I want to actually begin, surprisingly enough, with General Zod's power set. Because he has all the powers of Superman, being that he is a Kryptonian. And he has the yellow sun. He effectively has the same baseline powers as Superman. He has got the heat vision, which he used very, very uh, horrifically against a character named Captain Boomerang, where he used his heat vision and literally incinerated him down to his shoes uh, just straight from 100 to zero very, very quickly. He also once used his heat vision to vaporize an entire city block around himself. Again, very quickly, he is a destructive force. He is not a guy who worries about collateral damage because anyone who isn't Kryptonian is is a puke to him. 
is just is quote unquote unworthy of what he's doing. So he just absolutely just destroyed a city block around him without even thinking twice about it. He also is very, very strong. Heck, he's a Kryptonian. He's got Superman level strength. Now it will be argued that he has slightly lower strength than Superman himself. But what is that saying? Oh no, I've got slightly less strength than the strongest character in the history of comic books. Oh no, so Superman in like an arm wrestling competition, yes, could eventually beat Zod, but we're talking about Superman here. So he has an insanely high level of strength. His speed, once again, his speed is slightly less than the Flash. Think about that. Oh no, I'm not quite as fast as the fastest character in DC Comics, but I'm just a little notch under him. So he's extremely strong. He's extremely fast. He, uh, he also has super hearing, super sight, the micro vision that he has. Uh, he has, of course, the power of flight, so he can fly around at these incredible speeds using incredible strength. The cold breath. If Jane Foster Thor just tries, like, rushing in on him, he could just... And freeze the entire area around it. Freezer in a block of ice like Sub-Zero for Mortal Kombat. He also has Super Breath. He has that big thing Superman can do and just get a big lung full of air from the diaphragm and then just blow out and just knock Jane Foster Thor. Just knock her straight off the battlefield. She's not going to want to come back when she deals with a character this potent, right? The other thing he has is he, he says size shield training, which means that he actually, and this is a thing I learned for this, he has defenses against mental attacks. One of the big ways you can defeat Superman is with mental attacks and psionics and sort of, you know, Professor Xavier type powers. But he expressed in one of his comic books that he's had size shield training, which, which helps him against all forms of mental attacks. So look, he's the strongest character you're going to find. He's the fastest character. He can fly. He's got an array of other powers. Heat vision that can decimate a city block. Jane Foster Thor, unfortunately, she's tough. She's powerful, but she's hopelessly outclassed by General Zod. And that's my point number one. Outclassed by General Zod. All right. I, I, I love how you've done some research and then kind of maybe, I don't know, misrepresented a whole lot of stuff about uh, Jane Foster Thor. Don't worry. I'll kind of shed some light on that. Now, an interesting thing about General Zod, one of the reasons he's, you know, taught, they, they, there's a bunch of lists out there that are canon with say, who are the most powerful Kryptonians? Superman's always at the top of the list. Doomsday is number two, and it kind of goes there. And General Zod's top 10, but near the top of the top 10, like number eight, number seven, what have you. There's quite a power and, and overall strength difference between Superman and General Zod. And really, that's just a tribute to the fact that Superman's had access to, you know, the yellow sun's rays since he was a kid or a baby or what have you. He's been absorbing them like a crazy battery. General Zod is still fairly new to having these powers. Could he come up in level? Probably, maybe, but he's never going to be quite as strong as Superman. If Superman's a 10, General Zod's like maybe an 8, possibly, or maybe a little bit lower. And that's going to be the key to this whole battle, but more on that later. Let me get to my first point, for my point number one, and let's go powers for powers. Let's just talk about, you know, how crazy strong uh, Jane Foster uh, Thor really is. So the really crazy thing about this character is she may have power that exceeds that of Thor. The way they wrote her, what she could do, it was crazy. So let's go over some of these insane capabilities. So right away, she has at least the same godly super strength as Thor, and Thor's strength is listed as 
unlimited. I don't even know how you calculate, but it's listed as unlimited. She's so strong that uh, she can tear through adamantium and vibranium. She stopped an island falling from space. She stopped it in air from crashing to Earth, and then she pushed it and flew it into the sun, which is really, really crazy. She's definitely uh, amongst Marvel's strongest characters. If all that was enough, she ripped open a hole in space-time to unleash the Big Bang by smashing two versions of Mjolnir together and just like going so strong the hammer's hit, and boom, she's opened up a time, uh, a rip, a hole in time space. Crazy. She's got godlike invulnerability. Remember that island she put in the sun I mentioned? Well, she went into the sun with the island and stayed in the sun while the planet, while, you know, that island she put there was being destroyed by the heat, which also means surviving in space also isn't a problem. For Zod, we don't actually know if he can survive in space or not. It kind of depends on who's writing what. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. Let's see. She went toe-to-toe with Odin, taking his punches and hitting him back just as hard, dropping an asteroid on him, really hitting him, making him bleed. Remember, Odin is on another level of power that's higher than Thor. That is crazy. She tanks magical blasts of energy from Odin that are so powerful, not only can they can destroy planets, they're visible. You can actually see these blasts from another planet. She tanked a blast from the Phoenix Force. You know that creature who destroys galaxies in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, she tanked a blast from that. She's got godlike stamina. She can fight at full strength without tiring for years. Not days, not weeks, for years. She has a super powerful and super fast healing factor. She's got insane super speed and may be able to move faster than Thor. She's been clocked at moving at 2,150 times the the speed of light, which is actually, I think, around 400 million miles per second. Jane Foster Thor can fly. She's got superhuman level senses. She can hear things far away, better sight, the whole thing. She can also manipulate weather on a planetary level, and the storms and weather she can create can destroy a planet planet as well. It can affect other planets in the solar system. This is an insanely powerful character with a unique set of powers. She's got the strength. She's got the invulnerability. She's got the healing. She's got all that crazy cool stuff that Superman can do. And then on top of that, she's fighting people more powerful than Thor going toe-to-toe with them and has weather manipulation, which can destroy a planet and affect other planets around her. This is a level up by far from General Zod. That's my point number one. Very, very interesting. Now, you're completely wrong pretty much across the board, but that's okay, James. You're allowed to be wrong on the Who Would Win show. You know, I often see this thing. Thor is an extremely potent character. Look, you get the powers of Thor, and I know that you're just scratching the surface of it. We have a character who's very strong. I've never seen Thor to be uh, flash-level speed. And I think with a, one of the big factors between these two characters is the speed of Zod just is going to be so much more than the speed of Thor. I've seen in the movies both of these characters fight, and with Zod, you can barely see him move, and he's just cracking Superman over and over and over again. But with a Thor character... Captain America can hang with him. And Captain America, while super-powered, is hardly a speedster by any stretch of the imagination. And so I think speed comes into factor because they are both very, very strong. I just personally have a deep-rooted belief that Thor characters are just not on the same uh, hemisphere as Superman characters in the strength department. We've seen Thor do some impressive things in the comics, but Superman once towed the Earth into a different orbit. These are just two different sets of power, and General Zod is on the proper side of this divide. Good thing it's not uh, Jane Foster Thor versus Superman, because that would be horrible. All right, now, but even then, I think it's a lot closer than people think. All right, Phil. You've heard one point from Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? 
You know, there was one small violation there that Ray tried to bring in the movies. We've we, the, all we all seen him in the movies because a lot of the stuff I thought about Jane Foster Thor, I was thinking about Natalie Portman naturally because I haven't read the comics. But two thousand times the speed of light, that's got to be faster than the Flash, right? Because like the no. I mean. No, definitely not. I've seen no. the Flash like whip his way through the city. It doesn't feel like at the speed of light, it feels like the Earth would explode or something. It'd just be too much for the the molecules would all blow up. Or I would be like the boson space thing that almost caused a black hole and killed us all in the real world. Uh, so right now, you guys are essentially talking power to power. Uh, one of you is lying. One of you is not. Uh, it's very hard to tell who so far, but if I were to take both of you at your word, it sounds like Jane Foster is stronger right now, um, but only because the way that it was presented by James, it sounds like Jane Foster is stronger than Superman, which I find hard to believe because I've you always believed Superman would be to the believe. strongest. But 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 I now I, I think I just need to listen to more and suss out by staring into your dead, dead eyes, who's the liar of the <laughs> two of you, like this is a game of This Is Us. <laughs> never before have we had a judge say i gotta look into each of your sets of dead eyes to suss out who's Backer the liar though. i believe that might, might be the most iconic line a judge has ever said on the show congratulations phil ranta thank you raise the liar, by the way yeah raise like all right ray go ahead and hit us with your point number two Point number two for General Zod. Now, this is really what separates the two of them. We know that both are strong, can tank a lot of damage, and are fast. Although, of course, General Zod exceeds uh, Thor in all three of those categories. But the thing that really sets them apart besides what makes them similar is what makes them different. And one, the insane durability that General Zod has when he's dealing with these super-powered characters, and also his intelligence. He is a genius-level intellect, and I know Jane Foster Thor is a, a smart character, but she's, you know, she's a scientist. She deals with, 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 with chemicals and smart person math and all that. She doesn't lead people into battle specifically to win fights and battles. That's the type of smarts that General Zod is. And I also mentioned before, Zod is known for being uh, very, very uh, sharp with building machinery out of Kryptonian uh, items to do whatever he wants to do. Ergo, he built robots at one point. He's built other devices as it's gone on. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that he fights Superman. Jane Foster Thor doesn't fight Superman-type characters. He's, uh, General Zod has tanked hits from Superman without breaking a sweat. Superman has been pounding on him and pounding on him, and Superman knows he's a Kryptonian, so he doesn't need to hold back the same way he does with humans. And he pounds on him, and General Zod has no problem tanking these shots and striking back repeatedly. He's also got that heat vision I mentioned before, but he has a certain amount of power with it. He heat visioned a kryptonite bomb out of his own head. <laughs> he was part of the suicide squad. They put a kryptonian bomb in his head. He melted off like a quarter of his skull in order to remove the kryptonian bomb and just kept going with no problem whatsoever. I defy James Gavsey to give me something that Jane Foster has tanked to that level as his own heat vision uh, to the face. <laughs> Pretty rough. He's also super invulnerable. You can shoot bullets at him all day long. Nothing's going to happen. They uh, Soviets once fired a thousand rockets right at his location. Didn't even have a scratch on him. Y you can't hurt this guy. The only way this guy is possibly going to get hurt is, is with the natural weaknesses, you know, uh, of the, uh, you know, the, the red sun, the kryptonite, 
or, or Superman eventually, you know, finds a way because he's stronger to beat him down. Like that's the one way that he gets to do it. But remember, Superman toes the earth with a chain. <laughs> so I just don't see Jane Foster pulling off that same kind of feat to get that kind of strength needed to put General Zod down. He also processes battle information very quickly. He's a genius, especially when it comes to battles. He sees the way his opponents are fighting, whether they be a person or a group or an army, and he can figure out quickly their strengths, weaknesses, because he's fought super-powered characters all over the entire universe. He's gone from here to there to everywhere uh, constantly since he was a kid growing up basically without parents. Uh, and he was out in the jungles just trying to make, you know, make a life for himself and just stay alive. He's always, I'm, I'm Krypton. <laughs> That's a tough place to, to, to be lost in the wilderness. But he got through it as a kid. He's fought super-powered characters up into including every Superman uh, character you could think of. And at one point, showing durability, he was able to take the combined attack of the entire Suicide Squad, plus uh, somebody called the Eradicator, not the one from Kids in the Hall, plus the Cyborg Superman at the same time tanked all of it and was able to keep going. He fights teams. <laughs> Jane Foster is no team. He'll find the weaknesses with his superior battle acumen, and he'll find a way to win. That's my point number two. Okay, some interesting stuff there. Listen, you got to love General Zod because, you know, he's he's known, of course, of having these Kryptonian powers, but he's really more well-known as a general, as someone who can, you know, marshal forces and kind of execute a plan with time and preparation and advanced knowledge. None of the things that apply to this battle. Let me kind of push back on some of this. You know, in terms of not having fought anyone like General Zod, that's actually not true at all. So Jane Foster Thor has fought people, uh, one's called Hyperion, the other one's called the Gladiator. And these are both direct, I don't want to call them ripoffs, but they're very, yeah, they're very similar in power sets and what you can. They are of Superman. So she's fought both of these characters and done insanely well against both these characters, where both of them, I think, actually took off after, you know, in the battle because they didn't want to take her on anymore. Uh, on top of that, let's see, she's got, which is really cool, and I'll talk about this more in my next point, Mjolnir gives her, like, a download of combat information. It's as Asgardian combat information. So she is an insanely great fighter, insanely well-skilled, just like Thor is, but she's also got a lot of that skill because, again, the Asgardian magical download of uh, fighting capability. And the last thing I'm going to push back on, listen, I get it. General Zod's tough. You know, that whole thing of taking on a bomb by looking in a mirror and all that. I've seen that done before in Super Superman uh, animated films. I love seeing that. However, again, Jane Foster of Thor tanked the Phoenix Force Blast that can take out several planets at once. She tanked that and was still, you know, operating from that. I think that's slightly more powerful. Now, let me get to my point number two. And you know I've got to go there. Let's just talk about how she uses all of her stuff very differently than Thor. Her, she uses her power set much differently. She uses uh, speed much differently. And she uses her Mjolnir, or her command over Mjolnir, the hammer, much, much differently than Thor. So she's got a really different form of control over it. She, um, you know, she can change its trajectory and velocity in mid-throw. She can spin it around her enemies to trap them in this really crazy Mjolnir vortex, something we've never seen any other Thor-like character do. If she uses it just as a hammer, like just as a 
weapon. She can smash and destroy through mountains easily. She can destroy a planet. She can kill gods. She's got that ability to do it. She can be a galactic threat if she wanted. Again, that's just by using Mjolnir as a blunt object type of weapon to smash things. Luckily, it can do a whole lot more. Let's see. We know Mjolnir, when she throws it, it's going to come back to her at super speed. She, uh, you know, if she drops, I like this a lot. If she drops Mjolnir to the ground, you got to be worthy enough to pick up Mjolnir. Zod is not. Some of the ways she's defeated her opponents, even superpowered opponents, she drops a hammer on someone, knocks them down, puts a hammer on their stomach or their back and pins them, puts them on the leg, puts it on their foot. She could do that to Zod. I'm not saying Zod couldn't get out. It's definitely going to take him a long time, possibly more than two minutes. Fun way to win the fight. She can create vortexes, force fields that are capable of containing explosion that could destroy a galaxy. That's a thing. The Mjolnir can emit powerful mystical blasts of energy, can control electromagnetism, perform molecular manipulation, generate the geoblast, which is an energy wave that taps into a planet's gravitational force. And best of all, she's got the God Blast. It's so crazy powerful and destructive that it made Galactus flee for his life after getting hit by it because he thought he'd get destroyed by it. By the way, the whirling or spinning Mjolnir around can create winds powerful enough to destroy pretty much anything in its path. Fun fact, Mjolnir can summon nuclear-level power lightning and shoot it at people. It can create massive hurricane storms, weather powerful enough to wreck the planet. That's enough. Mjolnir can travel many times faster than the speed of life. This is fun. One time, Mjolnir had to go from one end of the galaxy and back, and it took 60 seconds, which means it moves even faster than Jane Foster can. That is a fast weapon. On top of that, Mjolnir can teleport a being billions of miles away in another part of the universe, can create a portal into other dimensions. It's known to force, you know, she can force enemies through those portals and leave them there. If need be, why couldn't she just do that to Zod? Open a portal, battlefield removal, it's something she does. Or just teleport him billions of miles into space, get rid of him from the field of battle. Again, this is part of what the character does. It can detect, Miller can detect and absorb energy, say like Zod's heat vision, and then send it shooting right back at him. Again, something she's done a million times. It can even absorb solar energy, which means Zod's solar energy field body can be depowered very quickly if that power gets absorbed by Mjolnir. Luckily, Mjolnir can detect energy and kind of figure this out. Keep in mind that when Jane Foster became Thor, she was magically granted knowledge of how to use Mjolnir and how to fight and how to do all this crazy good stuff. And she observed Thor's fighting style for years. And if those of other super powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, she made notes on them. But there's more. This is kind of crazy. Evidently, there's a sentient galaxy-sized superstorm called the God Tempest that lives in Mjolnir. And when she unleashes it, she creates lightning that stretches from one galaxy to another. And the Thunderer is capable of shaking worlds half a universe away. I'm not coming up with this. This is what she does. Her lightning is so powerful, it can consume a hurtling supernova coming at her and revert back to a regular star. Listen, this is all great stuff, but at the end of the day... What has General Zod encountered in terms of someone as powerful, maybe more powerful than him, faster than him, more durable, who also has something like Mjolnir? Last fun fact about Mjolnir, this thing can react on its own. She can give Mjolnir an order and say, keep these people under control. Don't let them move. Don't let them escape. And Mjolnir becomes kind of like her soldier, her sidekick, and then operates on its own autonomously to like take out or do whatever it's got to do. All of a sudden, Zod's not just fighting Jane Foster Thor with Mjolnir. She can say, hey, hit this guy from behind, start hitting him super hard. As he's taking on Mjolnir, then all of a sudden she starts hitting him as well. This could turn into a two-on-one fight very quickly. That's something General Zod is not ready for. That's my point number two. 
Now, I'm glad you're making one of the points you have is because she only is powerful because of the hammer Mjolnir. If she doesn't have the hammer, she's not really a whole lot of a problem for a character like General Zod. So if she actually tells the hammer to go, you know, go over there, do over there, do a thing, General Zod, who has slapped Superman aside, could slap the hammer aside and her without the hammer is in deep, deep trouble. And if he's able to slap that hammer aside because she mistakenly throws it and he ends up redirecting it to the other side of the galaxy, that's a very, doesn't take long for him to pound what Jane Foster Thor is doing. And, and a couple other things you talked about here, you brought up Hyperion before Hyperion and yeah, he's allegedly a Superman character, much in the same way Homelander is from the boys. Hi Hyperion was when the Marvel and DC were fighting each other. So Marvel comics created their version of Superman. So literally every character in Marvel Comics could beat Superman in a fight. Don't fall for that bait whatsoever. And you say that Jane Foster Thor uh, uh, got a, a program with all the fighting stuff that got programmed into her. What teaches you better? Watching a show on TV or actually going out into the real world and fighting for yourself, for your life? I'm glad that she has the idea of fighting, but Zod's actually been out there doing the fighting. And weather? You think a little bit of rain is going to stop General Zod? You think, you think a light thunderstorm? You think a little bit of hail is going to be there. Oh no, it's raining. Jane, can we do this tomorrow? No. General Zod blows up planets. He's not going to have a problem with weather. Are you talking, are you saying in front of Phil Ranta that if there's a download mechanism, just like, you know, in the first matrix where it can download stuff to like Keanu Reeves and he's like, I know Kung Fu, that that somehow is not something that can teach her how to do, especially it's magically based yeah. in front of Phil Ranta. The, the, that, the, the head and the creative genius behind wormhole technology. I just don't know what I'm saying That about this. works right, in a Phil. computer program simulation where nothing is real anyway. It doesn't work IRL, as the kids on the internet would say. LOL, OMG, and we're at the turning point. But before we get to what Phil has to say after two points for myself and Ray, and where we currently are in the battle for that matter, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Our patron of the week. You know him, you love him. We got Nate. Nate, you're back in the hot seat. One name, that's all you need. Nate, let's do this. Ugh, Nate's been a very powerful, uh, you know, member of our community for quite some time. Okay, let's give him something a little bit different this time. Let's go supernatural. Let's have Nate go up against Dracula. Ooh, this is an excellent fight because Nate versus Dracula. Now, one thing we know about Nate from previous battles is that he is a master planner. So there would be no sort of a... a fight that we don't know you know ahead of time who the opponent is nate does his research because he's a smart guy so the one thing that i know about nate is he he will go he will use excessive force to get it done and he knows his opponent walking in the door so he'll go up to dracula's castle at noon with an a, with a huge uh, construction team and what he's going to do is he's going to use a gigantic crane he's going to rip the top off the castle at noon and he's going to shine light all down on the inside of the castle, at which point he pops the top off of that coffin. Dracula comes out, burns, incinerates, turns to dust right away. Nate, with his prior knowledge and ability to quote unquote go there, takes this fight. And speaking of vampires, go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter and get yourself onto the excitement that is Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama.
You know, this sounds exactly what Nate would do in a fight. I got to say, I agree 100%. Congratulations, Nate, with your victory over Dracula. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, Phil, back to the turning point. You've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? This is Before I start this, I want to do a little impression of you guys. General Zod can do anything all the time. Well, Jane Foster Thor can do anything all the time. You guys are not making this easy. You're talking about things on such a grand scale, galaxy-wide scale, multiples of speed of light, like unfathomable things. All I'm saying is that this is you're not making it easy on me. Now, I do think that uh, Ray did have an excellent point. That if you download a skill, I do feel like you're lacking some of the muscle memory of that skill, which I think is very, very important. Knowledge is one thing, but just getting it intuitively like Daniel's son, the reason why he had to say the thing over and over instead of learning it once is so he had the muscle memory, so he's just automatically doing it. So I do feel like Zada have a little bit of that. I do agree with James, on the other hand, that if it's a, they didn't know that they were about to go into battle, the general skills, eh, I mean, he's, he's not exactly reading Art of War at super speed and then deciding what to do there you have to make more split second decisions than that but i do think that it's really interesting one thing that ray double clicked on that i want to double click on here is that general zod is crazy and you don't mess with crazy and if he's melting his own skull to get a bomb out of it that's something that jane foster thor maybe wouldn't even fathom because she would just be like melting my own skull that would require a crazy person right and, you know, the same reason why you don't mess with the people who look like they're doing Tai Chi at the park in Central Park, but you know they're not doing Tai Chi. You don't mess with crazy because you never know what crazy's going to do. Mm-hmm. But, so what I think is, I, I think that General Zod's got a little bit of a, an advantage here going into the final round. James, I think that what you really need to do here is, because both of you guys are talking about power on an immense scale, I just want to hear what Jane can do that for sure... For absolutely sure. Because like you say, like he dropped the Molnir on him. He holds him in place. But he can melt planets, right? We already heard about that with the, the vision. Like he can just melt the planet under him and then they're just floating in space, right? Like they're both such a wildly destructive force. I want to hear like what's that killer thing that Jane Foster can do that is that would actually stop uh, a power of somebody who's both strong and crazy. Well said. All right. I would expect nothing less from Phil Ranta. Okay. Interesting. I think I may have exactly what you're looking for. But before I go with that, let's hear what Ray has to say with his point number three. Point number three for General Zod. Let's talk a little bit more about his strength as well as his background and training. Because I do believe this is where the edge comes in for General Zod. These are two immensely strong, fast, durable characters. No one's going to argue against that except for me because that's why I'm here. But what I'll say is there are intangibles that make the difference because Jane Foster is a scientist. She's not necessarily a warrior. She's not necessarily somebody who's been through tons and tons of battles like General Zod has. Now, General Zod, with his strength, he once stomped the ground and cracked the earth around him, you know, basically created a seismic event by stomping his foot. So if this weird scenario where somehow Jane Foster knocks him down, gets over to him before he recovers and puts Thor on his chest, if he just heal clicks, 
clicks against the ground, he creates a seismic event which shifts the tectonic plates and thus will allow him to get out from underneath it by create, you know, by getting rid of the ground underneath him, basically. Couple of the things he's done in combats and other characters he's fought, because I want to hear a little bit more about wins that Jane Foster Thor has had, because I just don't think she's fought the same level and gotten victories one-on-one or more the way that Zod has because Zod crushed Cyborg Superman with one punch. In many ways, Cyborg Superman is a more powerful character than Superman himself. He wants one shot Supergirl. Supergirl is definitely on the record as being a more powerful character than Superman in many, many instances. These are characters that he has one shot one punch, they're out of the battle. He took a very powerful character named Mongol and he punched him. Where did Mongol end up? In space. One punch sent him up through the stratosphere and into space. He's knocked out Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is another character that in some ways is considered a a Superman beater in a one-on-one combat scenario. Well, he knocked him out. No problem whatsoever. He once fought a core of Green Lanterns And just defeated all of them. (laughs) Defeated a whole bunch of Green Lanterns at the same time. And they're throwing constructs at him. And they're trying to throw, you know, like fighter jets and all this craziness that they can come up with. Because Green Lanterns are wild like that. And he's just like, no, I'm Zod. Y'all are done. And he whooped every single one of them. He also, and this is the big part, the military training. I'll keep going back to it because the difference between Zod and Superman, Superman's been under the yellow sun for longer. So he's stronger and faster by a degree. But General Zod comes from a life of combat, training, uh, uh, military experience. He's been fighting his entire life. And then he came to earth and got the powers, which means that he knows how to fight much better than Superman, who is a not sophisticated fighter by any stretch of the imagination. He just relies on the fact that you can't hurt him and he's crazy strong. He's, you know, he's not doing judo throws on people, whatever, but general Zod takes all this manner of martial arts, combat experience, one-on-one fighting ability that quite honestly, Jane Foster just watched a video about, and he's taken a lifetime of that and then added Superman powers on top of it. Ridiculous. That's why he's so tough to beat. And if I can go ahead and pull from a, uh, a, you know, a crossover, if you will, given less weight, but I want it on the record in the Injustice video game, General Zod in that game has direct control of the Phantom Zone, which is, you know, that playing card that goes hurtling through space. He actually, through that game, gains the power of the Phantom Zone. And I wouldn't be surprised if this starts appearing in comics pretty soon because Injustice was a comic book after all, but he basically gains the ability to open up little pocket dimensions around him that he can trap people inside or use in any way he wants. Again, this is Injustice talking, but I want it on the record because it was an awesome feat, and I at least want to put it in your brain. So at the end of the day, Jane Foster Thor, she's, she's great. She's wonderful. This movie is wonderful. It's exciting. I've seen it. That being said, Zod is on a whole other level as far as training, military strategy, and combat skills go, as well as smarts, honestly. That's my point number three. So much to push back on here. You know, here's the thing. He's got combative training, but then he's got superpowers. So the question is, then why, even if, you know, we've seen this in MMA all the time, especially jujitsu. If you have someone who's maybe 20% the size, like less than, you know, smaller than or less strong than their opponent, one person knows how to fight. You know, the less strong person knows how to fight really well. And the stronger person is just, you know, an aggressive person. The smaller person by 20% will win this fight. 
then why doesn't Zod beat Superman? Why doesn't Zod beat Superman easily with good technique and all that? And the reason why is because, well, I'll explain it my point number three. Let's see, Superman. you know, Jane Foster, you know, I want to talk about that point real quick, Phil, about, you know, the craziness of Zod. I'll take crazy because one of the things in MMA that's great, we say this all the time, challenge match. Someone walks into your MMA school. It's happened to me a few times. So, like, I want to take on the, the toughest person here. I'm crazy. I'm going to black out and fight like crazy. I'm crazy. Those are the easiest people to take out because they're not really putting themselves into the right position. They're crazy. They're not making right the right decisions. I'll take that person each and every day. And I'll tell you how. I'll match crazy with what Jane Foster Thor does. Every time she transforms into Jane Foster, she knows that when she reverts back, there's a chance she's dead. She's going to die from the chemotherapy removed from her body. She knows every chance she turns into Thor, she may never, she, you know, she goes human again, she's done. That's, I'll take that kind of noble sacrifice to take out the opponent because it has to be done versus crazy any day of the week. Now, let me get to my point number three. Let's just kind of focus about the big wins of Jane Foster and General Zod's really big weaknesses. So the big wins. She went toe-to-toe with Odin, where the battle ended in a non-conclusive draw. Keep in mind that Odin is more powerful than Thor, is beyond godlike when it comes to fighting and combat. This is the gold standard of, you know, if you want to say there's Thor, Odin is above Thor in all those categories. She defeated a creature named Mangog, one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. Now, Mangog has insane super strength, super durability, a host of other powers, has been the quoted as the bane of um, the bane of Asgard since well pretty much his existence he's a physical manifestation of pure hatred the hatred of a billion beings and Jane Foster Thor defeated that the physical manifestation of hatred in her first battle where she became Jane Foster Thor she had to fight Thor and they did it to a standstill. In her first battle, she fought Thor, who was considered the gold standard of superhuman fighting ability. Of course, he's still a notch below Odin. She fought him. Now, she fought and has beaten and knows all about Hyperion, someone who's got the same power set as a Zod with the heat vision, the breath, and all that kind of good stuff. She's already very familiar with her, his tactics. Zod is not familiar with Jane Foster Thor's tactics. Now, here's the deal. Zod's main weakness, and I'm not referring to Kryptonite, his biggest weakness is his inability to use his power set to its fullest combatively. This is something that was plaguing Superman forever. Speaking of Mongol, one of his sons, I think it was called Mongrel or something like that, actually gave him lessons and said, let's figure out how to use all of your powers at the same time and upped his combat efficiency greatly. This is something Zod does not have. So Superman's always been seen as more powerful threat than Zod because he knows how to use his powers combatively better probably because he's had them longer than Zod, and compare that to all of the knowledge and experience that Jane Foster has with her because of the magical enchantments. We're talking magic here. By the way, what's another weakness of General Zod? Magic. Any type of magic thing that the uh, the Mjolnir can do, the molecular transformation, banishing to another dimension, sending him billions of miles away, he's not going to have a defense of that because he's not invulnerable to magic or magical spells. Now, think about it. People in DC Universe are afraid of Zod, but why? Why are they really afraid of him? Sure, he's a physical menace, but again, it's because of his maniacal plans, his ability as a tactician and a leader. Look, I'm going to say this right now. If he has time to prepare and has advanced knowledge, he's a force of nature that could give Darkseid a run for his money. But again, this is not this fight. It's a random encounter, neutral location. And again, someone like Jane Foster Thor, who's already familiar with someone's power sets like that with Hyperion, never mind her big wins, going up against Odin. Odin, someone who goes up against Galactus, this is a crazy fight for Zod. So this is how this battle is going to go. They're going to face off. They're going to trade blows. They're both going to realize very quickly that each of them is insanely powerful. They're not going to say, hey, you know what? Let's test this theory out. Let's see who's going to, let's have a prolonged battle. Uh Uh-uh. 
Zod's going to realize that Jane Foster Thor is rough. She's a warrior. She's a badass. By the way, Jane Foster Thor is going to realize, oh, this guy is someone who wants to conquer the Earth. This is a major threat we're going to throw down. They keep punching. They keep throwing. She's going to throw Mjolnir at him. He's going to get out of the way thinking, oh, you just threw away your weapon. This has happened a million times before. And Mjolnir just comes right back to her hand, probably hits him on the way back. Now he's stunned. She uses the God Blast. She releases that Tempest that can destroy galaxies. She's throwing everything down because she realizes this person, Zod, is a major threat. And she's taking it very, very seriously. At the end, she says, you know what? I got to do it. She opens up a dimension portal to another realm in Asgard, maybe the Hell Realm, whatever it is. And pushes Zod through that as he's weakened from the God Blast, the attacks, the physicality. Mjolnir going nuts on him at the same time. He's fighting two different things. And at the end of the day, the only left standing is Jane Foster Thor. That's why she wins. That's why Zod loses. That's my point number three. You know, that that story really holds up if Zod never moves and isn't fighting the entire time, James Gapsy. Yes, if he just stands there letting her do whatever she wants to... That sounds very plausible, except for the fact that he is a master strategist. Even if she throws the hammer behind him, he's not just going to hang out in a beeline so he can hit him in the back of the head. He's going to maneuver himself away from wherever that is because he's fought characters with weapons like that before. And you talk about these dimensional portals. You talk about the possibility of it. You didn't bring up a lot of examples of her using it in combat. You didn't really show that this is a go-to maneuver for her in battle. Now, a couple other things here. You brought up some, I, I asked, who has she beaten? Who is the big thing she fought? You said, well, she got a draw against Odin. Okay, that's a draw. Great. Oh, well, okay. She got a draw against Thor. Okay, that's a draw. She's not beating these characters at all. I've just shown you where General Zod could beat Superman, Cyborg Superman, Supergirl, Martian Manhunter, the echelon of the highest powers of DC Comics, and the best you come back with is a bunch of draws. Oh, wait, she beat Mangog, who's like a big monster whose superpower is hate. I mean, that's great. That's, I mean, he's a tomato can. He's there to get knocked over by powerful characters. Let's just keep it real. At the end of the day... Zod has too much experience, he's much smarter when it comes to battle strategy, and he's got the strength to defeat these other characters. It's plenty enough to drop Jane Foster Thor after separating her from the weapon. That's all I need to say about that. Separate her from Mjolnir, who that comes back to her on command automatically. He's not going to need a whole lot of time with her separate from the weapon to beat her senseless. You've seen how fast he can move. I know. I just wish it was as fast as, you know, 2,150 times the speed of light. All right, Phil Ranta, you've heard three points from me. You've heard four points from Ray. It's now time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Jane Foster Thor versus General Zod. All right, so it begins with apparently Jane Foster leaving a chemotherapy clinic. (laughs) Ah, why write that in a book? But anyway, she's leaving it, right? About to get in her car, suddenly, boom, General Zod, right, right there. And just like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. You're coming out of a cancer clinic. You're nothing to me. And she's like, I am not nothing to you. Sorry, chemo that I just had. The chemo's getting canceled because I'm transforming into Jane Foster Thor. Bam! Immediately, he knows, 
All right, I'm in a battle. Starts going through his general justifications really quick. All right, if I go behind her, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't know she has me Jolnir yet, which I always mispronounce because I keep <laughs> imagining the word rather than just leaning into it. But she does, and immediately she could just go, bam, right in the face, right? Because I imagine that it's moving fast enough that that's a, that's a stunner right there. But at that point, he goes, oh, this is, a, this is a real battle here. This is not just somebody leaving a cancer clinic. This is somebody who's got a, he's got a problem going on here. <laughs> so immediately, what does he go to first? got to go to the, the laser vision that's taken out entire villages before. But as you said, she's flown into the sun before, and she was fine. So uh, cancer clinic's gone. Everyone in the cancer clinic's gone. All the people who are waiting for their loved ones in their car on the cancer clinics all get burned to death it's horrible why would someone write this in a comic but that's exactly <laughs> what happens right so now they're in just this dusty empty plane and then jane foster thor's like you killed cancer babies and he's like i don't care i'm super evil now of course they both kick in their super speed start hitting trading blows both of them are moving super super fast I didn't decide which one was faster. You, neither of you made a compelling argument around that. So just doing a lot of blocking and punching. It's a whole lot of draws. Uh, she uses the Mjolnir magic, but of course he's got the, the psi shield brain thing. So there's only so much magic that can be breakthrough side the, the psi shield brain thing. Um, at this point, though, I imagine Jane Foster has one little weakness, which is she actually cares about what happens to people on Earth. So he starts stomping the ground, breaking up the Earth, and just be like, ah, this is your weakness. I am a general. I am smart. I'm going to just start destroying this entire planet because apparently this is something both of us can do very easily. So, of course, what she got to do? She got to take this battle to space, baby. Grabs him, brings him up to space. She's like, I've done this with an island before. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to throw him into the sun and get him. Ah, throw him into the sun. Ah, but she doesn't know. She doesn't know the Kryptonians are powered by Earth's yellow sun. So, of course, this is just going to make him more pissed and more powerful. And then I imagine this is going to give him a hell of an upper hand. To come in, take Mjolnir, smash it with his hands, take the little jagged edges, stab it inside of her little tiny eyeballs, and she flies back to Earth as a major loss, not understanding that the sun strengthens him up. And of course, that means that General Zod, he's got to be the winner here. He's got the tactics, he's got equal power, but he's so much more powerful with Earth's yellow sun, one of the primary weapons that you, James, said that she has fought with. She would be confused and do it all wrong, and he would win. I'm sorry, wow. Jane Foster Thor. Phil, wait, 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 wow. wait, 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 Phil, Phil, you are a genius, and uh, my favorite line you just said is, chemo got canceled. That was kind yeah. of uh, creepy. But I got to, you know, you're saying his psi shield will prevent her magic from working? Yeah, and none of her magic old- works on his mind. It's all physical, like on his body. How does his psi shield work on magic that destroys like galaxies it's crazy james because there was some great writing that happened in this story that just explained it away (laughs) no 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 dimensional use that she's done a million times no you know battlefield removal she's done i I buy ray's argument he he breaks mjolnir something that's insanely hard to break I, I imagine the dimension use is not something that she's used in battle, or at least I didn't hear any convincing arguments, because if she would have, it seems like there would have been, if you're not Odin or Thor, it seems like that's a very easy win for a lot of villains. 
So the fact that that was not pointed out as a way that she was able to get to victory. Now, don't get me wrong. The Majol the deer magic. Uh, That's all, the folks. The hammer. The ham- hammer time. You're right. I wasn't 100% sure if it was mind magic or not all the time. I just was told that it was magic, and it went around in circles. I didn't know if it was something where it was like mostly in the mind or not. But also, if it's not mostly in the mind, I feel like a Kryptonian wouldn't that wouldn't bug him too much. Like he no, could just like blow a breath and knock everything away. So like, why would a tornado around him? He'd just be like, bah, you know. I like it. Wow, Phil Ranta, Phil Ranta, you and I need to have a little talk, man. But you know what? Here's the thing: you're the judge. And I got to abide, even if I disagree, which I do, by the judge's decision, their win goes to Race to Canis, even though I disagree. So congratulations, Race to Canis. This one hurts. I'm not going to lie. This is not going to lie either. I was very, very nervous, especially with immediacy factor of Jane Foster Thor, that she's just more in the spotlight right now, does in fact have a more potent weapon than he does and has a similar power set to him. I think there was a lot of, of room for a good argument to happen. Thankfully, you didn't bring one. And I'm the victor today. And sparring with Superman is a powerful... I did not bring that up in the fight, but that weighed heavily. If you spar with Superman, it's a hell of a fighting partner to get your reps in, you know? And bringing up that she uses the Earth's yellow sun as a combat instrument, I think was ultimately your downfall in this battle. Two times in two straight battles, you said twice. the thing to give me victory. I want you to keep talking more during these battles, and I want us to keep having judges that hear you. With all that being yes. said, I got to tell you, I love you as a judge. You are awesome. I love the stories you tell when you come to your judgment, even if they're wrong. I love how you kind of come up with some really cool insights, which is true. You did. I think you are awesome. I definitely want you back on the show because I'm going to prove myself next time. With that being said, tell our audience where they can find you online. Well, you can find me at Phil Ranta on all social platforms, including Twitter, or go to ownevryword.com, buy a ray, and then tweet it, hashtag share your rays. You'll get some That's retweets great. out of it, and then you can play in our weekly game show every uh, Wednesday at 7.30 Pacific time at twitch.tv slash ownevryword. Very cool. All right. Uh, Ray, that's not actually a tactic that uh, she Jane Foster Thor does is put people in the sun. She did to destroy an island, but whatever. A win is a win. Congratulations. I'll be you know back what next they've time. Said, it's James all good. Gapsy, they've said before, no man is an island, but General Zod is no man. So he is an island. She would try that tactic because she'd be desperate. And I could see where you don't. Isn't that how Superman Prime happened? He just sat in the sun for like 10,000 years and came out as a demigod. You can't use the sun, James. You can't use the sun to fight a Kryptonian. Victory. Magic has worked against Kryptonians. Battlefield removal. The Phantom Zone. Not this one today. You know, just I only listed a number of ways how she could do it. But that's all good. Ray, tell our fan base where they can find you online. Boy, James, it must be tough to say everything that you feel is a good argument and have the judge find a way to still use your own words against you. Boy, that must be rotten inside. It must really be tearing you up. Thankfully, I have no idea what that's like. Two, two, 
Two times, two in a row. I'm going to get two more. Heck, I'm going to get nine more. I'm going to get my 11 in a row this season, and I'm going to be taking season four by the throat and dragging it with me all the way home to a victory in season four. Nothing, now that we've got the judges' problem sorted, nothing can stop me now. Now, you can find me on Twitter, at Almighty Ray. You know we're going to be celebrating this one a little bit extra hard, a little bit extra powerful, a little bit with Earth's Yellow Sun, hashtag Earth's Yellow Sun. And I just want to say you can also very, very soon listen to Reclaim Detroit. I don't know if I, have I mentioned it before in this show. Reclaim Detroit, a vampire, the masquerade audio drama written, produced by me uh, and featuring many who would win judges, including both other people on this show today, as well as a lot of other voices you're going to be very familiar with as who would win show fans, because those are the people I go to when I need people to work for free. You can also go to at Vampire Detroit on Twitter and very, very soon, VampireDetroit.com. We're going to have a website set up for the uh, show. And heck, I just want you to listen. Keep an eye on both the Vampire Detroit feed when it happens, as well as the Who Would Win feed. We might be dropping episode one on both to get it in front of you. Very cool. I actually can't wait for that. It's gonna, it sounds amazing. Uh, I it even is have also, a liner I will say, uh, there will be naughty words and violence. So it's like, it's not your normal who would win experience. <laughs> it is listener discretion advised. I want to be very clear on that before people sit down with their six-year-olds and have to explain some things. That's a fair warning. Fair warning. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. Remember to join the official who, win, who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.